You know, it's exciting when God answers prayer, and uh, I know the family was praying uh, for uh, many weeks and months. They've gone back and forth to China, and then to see him here is a miracle. Praise the Lord for that. Amen. Well, uh, today we're going to uh, be talking about the Holy Spirit again and how the Holy Spirit leads us and guides us in our life. And I, I was trying to think of an analogy or something that would kind of make sense to me, and I just thought about uh, the, uh, the GPSs that we all use now. Instead of getting out a map and going somewhere, we just click in the destination, right? How many people use a GPS? You use Google Map or Waves or something like that. You put it in there, and then this little voice comes out and tells you, uh, you know, you got... Uh, 500 feet, you're going to be taking a right-hand turn, and it's so easy to get around now if you put in the right address and you listen to it. Uh, not, you know, you usually don't get in an accident, but uh, but it's a it's a wonderful invention. This GPS, it tells you where you are to go, when you are to turn, what you are to do. But there is something even more profound, and someone more profound than that for the Christian. The Christian has the person and the work of the Holy Spirit within us. And he says that he will lead us, he will guide us into all truth, he'll show us where to go, what to do, how we are supposed to speak, how we are supposed to relate to people that are different than us or maybe that bother us. And in fact, I think one of the greatest things about the Holy Spirit that the GPS can do is that it can transform your life. He can transform our very lives, and make us people that really can love and connect with other people that we didn't think we really could. And so when I'm, I was looking at these passages about the Holy Spirit and how to find and how to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, I thought of one of the things, one of the most important things that are always mentioned when we talk about leading or being led by the Holy Spirit. There's always this sense that God wants us to not only proclaim the gospel to other people, but he also wants us to love people the way that we've received love from God. And so the Holy Spirit reveals the love of God to us and then speaks into our lives. Um, so one of the verses that I thought that preempts the verses that we just read is very, very important. It says, brothers and sisters, you were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out, or you'll be destroyed by each other. The Apostle Paul is writing to Christians who have experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They have the Holy Spirit in their lives. They've been filled with the Holy Spirit. But Paul is giving them a warning. He's saying just because you've experienced the Holy Spirit in your life doesn't mean that you're walking or being led in the Holy Spirit. And I want you to know that you need to be led and walking in the Holy Spirit or else what's going to happen is your sinful nature is going to rise up again and cause you to look at things the same way you used to look at them before you experienced the Holy Spirit. And this is a phenomenon that happens all the time. It happens to me. Does it happen to you? All of a sudden, this anger rises up. Where did that come from? Or that 
uh, that thought. Where did that come from? There's times when uh, we're walking in the natural and there's times when we're walking in the supernatural. There's times when we're walking in the sinful nature. And there's times when we're walking in the Holy Spirit and being led by the Holy Spirit. And the Apostle Paul is telling us we need to be led by the Holy Spirit. Because if we're led by the Holy Spirit, we're going to walk into the things that God has planned for us in advance for us to do. And usually that involves humbly serving other people. It's not the uh, $60,000 or $100,000 job that you've been, you know, you just graduated and this is what I really want. It may be part of it. God may lead you to the right job, the right career, the right connections because you're humbly depending upon him. And if you're a college graduate here looking for a job, I implore you, take that matter to prayer. Ask the Lord, ask the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you and make the connections for you so that you can get the job that God has prepared for you to take. And a lot of times we just rely on our natural ability or we rely on Google or we rely on some kind of search engine. And really what the Holy Spirit is wanting to do is be the one that leads us and guides us in our life, in our career, very specifically in our lives. You know, as we, as we go through this life, life is very messy. Life is not getting to, from destination A to destination B. Life is filled with twists, turns, accidents, disappointments, broken relationships, all those things in life that really bother us. There's illnesses, there's circumstances that come our way. And what do we do when those things happen? The Apostle Paul is saying, you need to lean upon the Holy Spirit. You need to be careful and check yourself. Am I in tune with what the Holy Spirit is saying to me or leading me to do? Are my eyes being open to see the things the way that God sees them and not just in the natural? And so the Lord wants to speak into our lives about that. Now notice these verses. It says um, about freedom. You were called to be free, but don't use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Now, one of the beautiful things is that we're called to a freedom. We're called to a freedom because the power of the Holy Spirit gives us the power to do the things that God has called us to do. There's real freedom in that. There's tremendous, that is a beautiful way to look at life, being free to do the thing that God wants you to do. Rather than, I'm not free to do this, and I can't do this, and I can't do that, and I can't do that. If I'm a Christian, I can't do this, and I can't do that, and I can't. There is freedom when you're walking and being led in the Holy Spirit to do the very thing that God desires you to do. And that's powerful. And usually that involves love. That involves loving the Lord and loving other people. So Paul wraps, you know, if it, well, we're looking at this section. It says, so walk by the Spirit... In Galatians 5, 16 and 25, walk by the Spirit and you'll not gratify the flesh. So, what do you, God, what do you want me to do? And he says, I want you to walk in my Holy Spirit. I want you to be in such close relationship with me that you are depending upon me and my power. And there's three things, three ways that I want to share about 
walking in the Holy Spirit. The first one is then to make room for God in your life, to make room for your God, God in your life. The second one is to really listen to what he's saying, and the third one is to follow through on what he's saying. But I want to, I want to break this down a little bit for us because a lot of times we're not making room in our lives for God. Because we have so much information coming at us, we're so busy in our lives that we don't have the time, or we, we think we don't have the time, or it's not a priority to stop and listen and try to understand what the Holy Spirit is saying in our lives. But I want to tell you, the Holy Spirit will get attention in your life, especially when things are falling apart, right? That's when we, God, what's happening here? Why is this happening to me? And that's when we kind of look up and say, God, lead me. But God wants, even in the good times, for us to have his perspective on what he is doing in our lives. And that is where life gets sweet. That is where the sweet spot of life is in, is when we're being led by the Holy Spirit and listening to him. You know, sometimes uh, one of the things my wife always wants me to do is clean out the garage. Why is that? Why do I, just, is your garage like my garage? It just seems it gets packed with things. You can't even park a car in there. I can't park my car in there because there's so many things in my garage. And then we're walking down the street just the other day and I found a little bike for my granddaughter. I said, oh man, I gotta get that. It was in the garbage, but it had two flat tires. I just put air in the tire, it's fine, it's great. I brought that home, put it in my garage. You know, and I do this. I bring these things and I put them in my garage. There's no room for anything else. And there's times that's the picture of our lives. Our life is supposed to be made. Our body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. It is the place where the Holy Spirit resides, but we don't have room in our soul for the Holy Spirit because we have so many other things. So many other things take priority over the Holy Spirit's working and leading in our lives. It's not that the Holy Spirit isn't present in our life, but we've kind of put him in a separate corner of the room. You know, we've kind of, like, when I need you, I'll call on you. But the Holy Spirit, he is God. And he wants full surrender of our lives. He wants us to open up our lives to surrender. And sometimes that means cleaning out some of the things or the, uh, the priorities that have taken the place of God in our life. And he wants us to simplify our lives, clean it out, so that we could then listen to him. He has so much to say to us. There's a beautiful picture of this in the gospel. It's this great story of two women that know Jesus very well. It's Mary and Martha. And there they are. And Jesus and his disciples, uh, oh, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I'll come back. Uh, let's see, where is this? Jesus' disciples were on their way, and he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened up her home to him. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he said. But Martha, what was Martha doing? She was distracted because she had guests in the house. And of course, when you have guests in the house, you want to keep the house clean. You want to get the dinner ready. And she's running around doing everything. And Mary, her sister, is sitting there listening to Jesus. And what does she say? She came up to Jesus and she asked him, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. 
I mean, come on. We got to get the food on. She's sitting there listening to you. Really, Mary? Really, Martha? Martha, the Lord answered, you're worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken from her. You see, Mary chose the very best thing, was to sit and listen at Jesus' feet. And that's the same thing that God speaks to us to say, listen to me. I know you've got a lot of things to do. In fact, sometimes we're going up to God and saying, God, you've got to help me do this. You've got to help me do this. You've got to help me get this. You've got to help me get into this school. You've got to help me do this. You gotta... And God is saying, hey, would you just listen to me? Because I'll show you what is the very best path for your life. And you're worried and anxious about all these other things. And they're distracting me from you. I want to go back to those other slides that I had here. Boom, boom, boom. Right here. Making room in your life. You see, the reason why it's so hard to make room in our life is because there's three basic motivations of the soul of the heart. First one is acceptance. We all want acceptance. We want to belong. We want to belong. We want a sense of relationship with other people. And so a lot of times we try to find that in our friends or we try to find that in a, a great career or uh, with other people. The other part is significance. We need to achieve. We measure our significance by the things that we've done or how we perform. So we're always measuring ourselves about these things. And the third one is security. It's the need to be safe. It's the need to have a job, to have money, to, to, to make things right, to have security or to have a home, you know, secure home or safety. They're basic needs of the soul. Now Jesus comes and he says, I will give you acceptance, I'll give you uh, security and significance, but you need to allow me to do that in your life. It doesn't mean that you don't need relationships. It doesn't mean that you don't need a job. It doesn't mean that um, you, you know, safety is not a concern for you, but you find these things in this relationship with Christ. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, they become real to you. And see, that, that's the difference, I think, with people that walk in the Holy Spirit and those that don't. People that don't walk in the Holy Spirit, they don't sense the acceptance from God. They're always feeling guilty or they're always feeling uh, separated from Him. They don't sense a, a significance in their lives. They're always trying to prove to God that they're good enough. They don't realize that they are His child, that the love of God has been shed abroad through the Holy Spirit in their heart. And the third thing is they have no security. They're always questioning, does God really love me? Does He really care about me? The Holy Spirit came to give us all these things in significance, security and acceptance, so that then we could serve Him and serve others the way that He wants us to. So what do we have to do? The other thing that we have to do, if we have to make room for God in our lives and in our soul, we also have to pay attention to what the Holy Spirit is saying. And it's really hard to do in an age of technology, isn't it? It's really hard to stop. Did you, did you ever forget your phone? It's like, oh, I don't have my phone. 
It's like everybody gets anxiety, you know, like, oh, I did forgot my phone. I can't go in the store anymore. I was in, the, I was in Costco the other day, and, you know, Lori was using my phone to text my son, and then I blamed her for leaving my phone in the car. I walked, I walked in, I said, I don't have my phone. She goes, so? Yeah, but if you go to one part of Costco, I go to the next part of Costco, how am I going to find you? So I ran back out. I had to get my phone. Why? Because if I don't see her, I'm going to text her. and say, okay, I'm at, I'm at the checkout. You know, we're so dependent upon technology today, right? And we get so dependent on technology that it just absorbs our life, absorbs our day. And we don't have that silent time, that time where we unplug and we listen and pay attention to what the Holy Spirit is saying. There is something powerful about that. If you would spend 15 minutes just in silence with the Lord, before the Lord, start out with even five minutes. You can even put your timer on your phone, but I wouldn't do that. <laughs> probably tempted to search something. But you take time. I mean, it's very hard to get unplugged, and we need to do that. Because the Holy Spirit is a person who wants to reveal things to you and wants to guide you and lead you. And this is one of the reasons we don't experience the Holy Spirit's presence and power to the degree that the Bible talks about experiencing is because we're too busy or too distracted. I don't know if any of you know the name Angelo Dundee. I think some of the older folks know Angelo Dundee. He was the uh, corner man for one of the greatest fighters of all times, Muhammad Ali. He was in the corner when Muhammad Ali was fighting. And he was the one that taught Muhammad Ali to float like a butterfly and sting like a bee. He was the one that kind of trained him and helped him. He also trained 15 other professional fighters. But when you have a corner man in your corner, they're shouting out to you things that are really important in the fight. But we are in a much bigger fight and a much bigger battle than a 15-round fight, professional fight. We're in a fight for our lives. We're in a fight for our families. We're in a fight for relationships. We're in a fight for people to come to know Jesus Christ. And it's so important to listen to our corner man. Our corner man is the Holy Spirit. He's the one that promises to be with us to speak into our lives. Angelo Dundee described his job as a corner man this way. When you're working with a fighter, you're a surgeon, you're an engineer, and you're a psychologist. When we talk about the Holy Spirit, the person and work of the Holy Spirit, he said, I'd be a comforter to you. I'll come alongside you as a coach. I'll speak into your life. I will empower you. Not only does he just speak from a corner, he comes and lives inside us and empowers us and speaks into our lives. He knows exactly what's going on in your life. And so we need to listen to him. But so easy to get off track, isn't it? This is what the Galatians did, right? He said this, are you so foolish? After beginning with the Spirit, are you now trying to attain your goal by human effort? You've suffered so much for nothing if you really 
Was it really for nothing? Does God give you his spirit and work miracles among you because you observe the law or because you believe what you heard? Galatians chapter 3, verses 3 through 5. See, the Apostle Paul is setting up this argument for them to walk in the spirit because he understands that they've experienced the power of the Holy Spirit. They've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, but they're not walking in the Holy Spirit. And they've, they, have, they think that now that they've been baptized or now that they've gone to church, now it's up to me to live the Christian life or to live what I, the way I think I should live. And the Apostle Paul saying, no, 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 no. You got it all wrong. You need to submit to the Holy Spirit and live according to what He has told you to do. The third thing is that we have to follow through on what the Holy Spirit has spoken to us. You see, when God speaks to us, there's a reason why He said that. There's a reason why He's revealed something to you. He wants you to follow through on it. How many times have you been in a service or heard a great sermon, and you, know, you talk about it for about five minutes, and then phew, just out of your mind? You know, that's why Pastor Peter has put these notepads in so you can write down some notes here. And sometimes when I'm, in, when I'm listening to a pastor, when I'm listening, what I do to stay, pay attention is I take down notes. And sometimes I'll take down notes, and it'll be something that he said, but something that pertains to me particularly. Yeah, you need to revisit this relationship because this relationship is out of whack with me. And so I'll write that down. There's sometimes, we, we have to inter, interact with what the Holy Spirit may be saying to us. And then we have to follow through. It's okay to write it down. It's okay to listen to a message. But what are we going to do to follow through on that? What is our responsibility? What does God want us to do? And so God uh, tells us what to do. He'll reveal that to us. You know, when we're not following in that way, when we're not listening to the Holy Spirit, what happens? We fall back into fear or anxiety or anger. None of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. It's all the things of the flesh. And so God wants us to follow through on what he's saying. It's part of walking in the Holy Spirit. See, the fruit of the Holy Spirit is love. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such, there's no law. This is like he's saying, it's not about religion. It's about this sense of God working in you, producing these qualities of love, of joy in the midst of a difficult situation. You can't explain it. Why do I have peace in this situation when I should be full of anxiety? And that's the Holy Spirit working in you. See, when you are closely walking with the Lord, He's producing this fruit in your life. Any of you guys plant any flowers or vegetables this spring? I know we, we do that every year. And uh, you don't get the fruit right away, right? But you've got to dig up the soil, you've got to plant it, you've got to water it, you've got to be patient, and then God begins to bring the beauty of the flowers or the vegetables, the deliciousness of vegetables, whatever. It's the same thing in the, in the uh, attributes of the Holy Spirit. There's a progression that God puts you in. There's a place where God puts you to develop some of those things. You think of patience. 
What is going to develop patience? You know what the Bible says? Don't ever pray for patience. What produces patience? Trials, tribulations. <laughs> Those are the things that develop patience in our life. But if, you, uh, if you're asking God to cause you to have a soul that is full of peace and patience, there'll be a testing. There'll be, a, there'll be something that comes your way that you can only get through as you walk and obey the Holy Spirit. You know, to walk through it in the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. And God wants to do that in our lives. You know, I don't know why it is, but every, almost every job that I ever had, I had a lousy boss. Or I thought he was a lousy boss, right? Because you end up, there's this miscommunication that's going on. There's this difficulty of getting along or the, the instructions weren't given right or you get blamed for something that you didn't do. These are all things that happen to everybody. And even when you switch jobs, why does this happen? Even when you switch jobs, you still run into the same thing. And it's because what's happening? It's because relationships are messy. Relationships are difficult. How do you get through, how do you have a good a relationship with an employer? It's going to take the work of the Holy Spirit in you not to become judgmental, not to become cynical, not to become critical, to see God in the midst of what's going on. Even if that person is not a believer, you can see how God has led you to this place and he will give you instructions on how to follow through. The same thing happens for people that are single or people that are married. How am I going to live a life full of the Holy Spirit if I'm single? I need to depend upon the Holy Spirit. How am I going to live a life full of the Holy Spirit if I get married? I have to depend upon the Holy Spirit. God wants us to be dependent upon Him, listening to Him, following through on what He says. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying one another. And uh, what I want to share about this is that the Holy Spirit wants us, that word that says keep in step with the Holy Spirit, it's, a mili it's actually a military term. It means to march in strategic in a strategic way so that you can defeat the enemy. So it was a military term. Keep in step, or keep in step, be together. And it's a picture of an army that is being used, not in the natural, but in the supernatural. You see, when everybody is in step with the Holy Spirit, wonderful things happen. Can happen, wonderful things can happen in a family. Wonderful things can happen in a church when people are in step with the Holy Spirit. But when they're not, what happens? We become conceited. We become envious. We bite. We devour one another. We destroy one another. Walking in the Holy Spirit is so practical and so necessary. And there's a, oh, I didn't know I had that in there. That's the, the, what I just told you. 
So what would it take for me to experience more of the leading of the Holy Spirit in my life? And I want you to think about this today. What is it? What is it that God is leading me? Where am I in my life, in my Christian walk, in my progression of being led and following the Holy Spirit? Where, what are the things? Is it the first one? Is do I need to surrender to Christ's Lordship in my life? Do I just need to, first of all, make that decision to follow Jesus Christ, to give my life to Him? Number two, is it that I've already done that, but I've never experienced the baptism or the filling of the Holy Spirit in my life? Maybe that's something that I need to be praying about. Lord, I don't ever remember sensing your presence or your power in my life. And I need to experience that. I want to experience that. Would you baptize me in the Holy Spirit? Give me the power then to live for you. Third, it could be that I need to stop, unplug, and start to listen more to the Holy Spirit and his leading in my life because it's crucial that I do that. And I recognize that. And that's something, yeah, I've, I've experienced God's presence and his power in my life. But right now, I just haven't been a good listener. I haven't been listening to what the Holy Spirit is saying. I haven't even opened up, I, even, I haven't even stopped and asked him. And I need to do that. Or number four is, I've listened to the Holy Spirit, but I'm not following what he says. I'm resisting that. And maybe because, and, and that means I'm quenching the Holy Spirit or I've grieved the Holy Spirit through my actions or my attitudes. So these are four things. And what I want you to do is we're going to break up into groups, in small groups here. And I want you to share with a person in your group. It could be two people, it could be three people, it could be four people. I'm not going to tell you how many people to get, gather around. If you feel comfortable, I don't think more than four uh, you won't have time to share, really. So uh, two, three, or four people gather together, and I want you to say, okay, this is where I am at in my spiritual life. This is where I'm at. Please pray for me. If you have time, you can pray for each other, okay? I'll, I don't know how much time we'll have. I'm going to give you like, like five minutes, ten minutes, so you've got to be brief. Say, you know, to be honest, this is where I'm, I'm at. I haven't been listening to the Holy Spirit. I want to listen more. Can you pray for me for that? Uh, or, or you can share about where you're at, okay? So we're going to break up into groups here, and then when you uh, hear the music playing, we'll come back up. So I need the worship team to be one group here. Why don't you guys come up here? Worship team, be one group.